I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life that I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught, find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle, and then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd, and today I have with me my daughter, Aaliyah. How are you today, Aaliyah? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, any invitations and promised blessings that you want to report on? Um, There was one invitation. Where was it? Let me look at the spreadsheet. Oh, it's from Amy Wright's talk. Oh. And the invitation was to share the light of Christ. The promise was that you will illuminate the path of those we love to lead them to the Savior. So Ooh. I focused a little bit more on that this week and was given several opportunities that I don't usually get to do so, including the missionaries asked me to join a lesson with them and things like that. And so... Yeah, it's been good. I don't know if I've, no one has told me, you've illuminated my path, but <laughs> <laughs> but I have to assume that the little things are working and making people's paths a little better. I love it. Um, so Aaliyah, for those who, a couple things, you just threw in there as an aside, and I just want to make sure nobody missed it. When you said, let me check the invitation spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is an invitation spreadsheet maintained by Aaliyah. And t- what what's on that spreadsheet, Aaliyah? It has the name of the talk and who gave it. And then every invitation that we cover in the talk that we notice. And then every promise associated with each invitation. And then a little box that says, President Nelson quote, question mark. And then no or yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I try to make that easy for her by only doing President Nelson. <laughs> as soon as Berg gives us fundamental doctrine, I usually can tell if I haven't already figured it out. I love it. And then as soon as you said illuminating people's paths, this is like such a small thing. And, and maybe it doesn't make a big difference, but you're at Disney World right now. You work there. Um, you'll be there through the end of May. And your name tag says Brigham Young University on it because you're part of the Disney college program. So it lists the college you're enrolled in. Um, mm-hmm. And it now says Espanol on there as well. So true. true. Um, I always I hope at least that somebody out there is putting connections together and like, oh, who's this very kind young lady who's speaking such excellent Arizona and sounding Spanish to me. Um, <laughs> oh, she's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And of course, on work hours, you're not going to be like missionary proselyting or whatever, but hopefully you're illuminating a few paths here and there. So, yeah, it's led to some good conversations <clears throat> with different people. Awesome. I love it. Um, okay, uh, let's go to Burke and Rivka. Rivka, how are you today? I'm doing really well. Thanks. E- excellent. How are your invitations going? Uh, I've struggled this week. (laughs) My invitation (laughs) that I'm following, not in doing it. I'm just not doing it very well. The invitation I'm following is, or that I'm working on is 
the one to zoom out and see the big or picture and um yeah and and i think with the hope that it will help lessen anxiety about some things that i really don't need to be feeling anxious about mm-hmm. um and yeah it's been a struggle this week so i i'm mindful of the invitation i'm trying to follow it it has not gone smoothly this week but you okay. know it's to be maybe to be expected ups and downs ups and downs and yeah. you're just going to keep at it just keep at it that's the way Awesome. Well, let's go to Burke. Burke, how are you today? I'm doing great. But prior to you asking Ali about her invitation, I hadn't even thought about it a single time this week. So we're going to say that <laughs> I need to reassert myself. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's, uh, you know, we all have our ups and downs, right? Indeed. Um, I am working on the same ones. Um, so the Temple one is going well. The Book of Mormon one is going great. I'm just, I truly am loving it. It's been so fun. Um, I sent out a little, like I've had so much fun studying the Book of Mormon that I even sent like a little 15 minute voice memo to my whole family um, about all the stuff I was learning. And it was about Isaiah. And I was feeling so good about it because I was like, let me unfold the mystery that is Isaiah. Yeah, nobody listened to it except for Boston. <laughs> and he only listened to it because he's a missionary and he can't listen to anything else. <laughs> I listened to it. I listened to it. Uh, I'm sure so, you learned a lot, though, doing that. I'm, talk, I'm, so. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing I actually like about teaching, Burke. It's not the teaching that I like. It's that I have to study myself yep. to teach something. And so yep. I learn. So. Um, I'm, I'm, I have tried to think about other invitations to add and, uh, I'm working on that still just trying to figure out what's the next thing I should do. So, um, all right, well, let's move on to our talk today. It's called love is spoken here by elder Garrett W. Gong of the quorum of the 12 apostles. Um, he gives us three languages of gospel love. I'm going to recap them right now so that, or at least introduce them right now. So we, we can have some context, the language of warmth and reverence the language of service and sacrifice, and the language of covenant belonging. And he um, had a really interesting contrast for me between this one and the talk three talks ago about eternal truth by Elder Pinigree, which basically had so many um, footnotes that the footnotes were longer than the talk. (laughs) And it was almost like he wanted to prove everything he said came from a reliable source. Meanwhile, Elder Gong spoke in his now- to us customary, what I call like micro story style, where you have one paragraph, three sentences, and each sentence is a tiny little story. Mm-hmm. And um, and none of those are footnoted. They're just <laughs> little tiny micro stories from his life that are that are also so powerful in this unique, interesting way. So um, quite a contrast to me. And I'm going to depart from our usual structure, and I'm going to give you the fundamental doctrine. And let me tell you, Whatever doctrines you choose, you guys were all wrong because there can be only one. And here it is. (laughs) And I want you to know before I give this doctrine that my um, current calling is ward music coordinator and choir director. He said, we may disagree politically or on social issues, but find harmony as we sing together in the ward choir. Yeah. Are you are you pounding a pulpit? I am. I'm pounding it. I'm pounding it. Go to choir, people. Everyone go to choir. I underlined that and highlighted it, and I was like, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love choir so much, and uh, 
We have such a good choir in my ward. We have um, last week we had a baby who was 10 months old and we had some gray haired mature individuals. We had this incredible range. We had six year olds, eight year olds, teenagers. We had adults. We had everyone. It was so fun. I just absolutely loved it. So go to go to word choir. Elder Gong says so. All right, let us get on to the rest of the talk. Aaliyah, what was the fundamental doctrine you found that was secondary in importance to the one that I already read? (laughs) Um, Mine is near the end. And he's talking about relationships, covenant relationships, which goes along with his third language that he mentions. And he says, in truth, when we covenant all we are, we can become more than we are. Nice. Good turn of phrase. So what does that mean to you? It means that when I give what I can, God promises to make me a better person. You have such a like straightforward way of expressing things. <laughs> and I love it. Like there's no room. This is Nephi. There's plain and precious. There's no room for mistaking yep. what, <laughs> what you say. Fantastic. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it also doesn't leave a lot for me to say about us. We'll go on to Burke. (laughs) Uh, So Burke, what was your fundamental doctrine? So just a little bit before that, he says, we live in a self-centered world. So much as I choose me. It is as if we believe we know best our own self-interest and how to pursue it. And just you hear that sentence is kind of like, well, of course I know my own (laughs) self-interest. It's me and how to pursue it. But he says, ultimately, it is not true. Jesus Christ personifies this powerful, ageless truth. And then there's a scripture quote there. And afterwards he says, Jesus Christ offers a better way. Relationships founded on divine covenant, stronger than the cords of death. And then he goes into a couple of in truth statements, one of which Aaliyah just read. And that is in truth. He knows us better and loves us more than we know or love ourselves. And I just really like that. It, helps for the many times in my life when God has asked me to do something and I've thought, really? That's not going to work. <laughs> and then, of course, it, it it does. Not always in the way I think and not always in a way that's not bumpy, but then I look back later and I was like, oh, man, it was the right thing. <laughs> like always with shock, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So true. I, I'm I'm often guilting of, guilty of believing that I know my own best self-interest. So Yeah. I had that same reaction, Burke, when I read that statement. It's as if we believe we know our best self-interest and how to pursue it. Well, I was like, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, how? So that was his third language, the gospel language of covenant belonging. So how does that relate to covenant belonging? Well, I feel like what he's saying first is you, you can't be selfish. It doesn't work. Yeah. You need to do it Christ's way. And then he goes on to say how Christ's way is to really be part of a a group. Um, what does he say down here? Our own direct repeated experiences may be our best spiritual way to learn the gospel languages of warmth and reverence, service and sacrifice and covenant belonging. Like you just, you have to get in, you have to do it. So Yeah, I love it. I, you know, we come from a Western culture, um, the American ideal of bootstrapping yourself up and blah, blah, blah. And that has its obvious positives, but one of the negatives is that individualism makes it harder to to have a, a culture. And once we were teaching a Hmong woman, and Hmong is a group of people who don't have a country. They're mostly like in Laos and Thailand. They've been 
you know, displaced numerous times and just their people ravaged and a big group of them ended up in the upper Midwest. Um, wonderful people. I, I worked a lot with them as a ward missionary and we asked this lady, um, we invited her to be baptized and she's like, well, I need to talk to my family. And the missionaries were like, well, what would you do if you were on a desert Island and, and you know, you had the opportunity on the Island to get baptized, like you were there by yourself. And her answer was, I would leave the Island, find my family and then decide what to do with my family. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not playing your game. You can't rewrite, you know, my perspective and, and yeah, it's so, um, that individualism can be self-centeredness and I totally suffer from that and is the part of pride that is really hard for me. So yeah, I, thanks for bringing that to the, the forefront, Burke. Um, let's move on to Rivka. Rivka, what was your fundamental doctrine? He, he's quoting someone else. Uh, who says this? I don't know. A new convert at church who was told her skirt was too short. Here's my fundamental doctrine. My heart is converted. Please be patient as my skirts catch up. <laughs> I like it. I love that. <laughs> I know. Which is it almost kind of like that thing that happens in animation, you know, when a character runs away and some part yeah. of their clothing is There's behind like them, the they have to reach back and grab it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, exactly. I love that. But I think the reason that I picked that and that I loved it so much is because it's such a good reminder to all of us who are striving to live the gospel and improve and who are doing it in a very flawed and mortal manner um, that our hearts, which is all of us, by the way, all of us. Yes. Which means uh, anyway, so the message is our hearts are converted and, and we can have, we can offer ourselves the same grace that I know the savior offers us. Um, when, when the parts of us that are maybe less spiritually mature or are struggling are catching up to where, where our hearts are and where we want to be. I love it. And that's of course a public thing that anyone can visualize or see, but we're all fighting battles. Some of them not visible, but yep. we, we all need that, that leeway to catch yes, up. This is, I, yeah, I loved it because it's just such a universally applicable idea. Yeah. Um, Rivka, I didn't actually locate the, the quote while you were talking, which section, mm. which language was that in? The first one, the gospel language of warmth and reverence. Okay. How does that relate to warmth and reverence? Uh, he talks about a number of, this is a great section. <laughs> um, he talks about I think this section, basically, he says, sometimes we need to know love spoken here is heard and appreciated here. And he says, with warmth and reverence, um, our sacrament and other meetings focus on Jesus Christ. Um, and he talks about the vocabulary in the church and how it is different. Um, like we have kind of our own unique dialect sometimes um, and definition to words. Um, but so much of this section is talking about speaking with love or speaking with the ability to communicate love. Um, he asked sister gong, he says, ask children and youth, how do you know your parents and families love you? And they talk about all the different ways that, that they feel that expression of love. Um, sometimes it's keeping 
them safe or tucking me into bed, helping me with youth goals, all those sorts of things. Um, and, and then he says, let us be understanding and kind as we learn new languages of love together. And that's when he brings up of like somebody criticizing about, about skirts, which I mean, I think we've all, well, I mean, you boys haven't heard that, but I'm sure we've all like, <laughs> it's um, white shirts know. for the boys. <laughs> it's the white shirts. Yes. There's something like that where really, I think the idea is if we're speaking with the gospel language of warmth to each other and reverence for the savior, that will help us to speak to each other in the way that the savior would speak to us rather than in the way that our natural man and competitive judgmental selves sometimes might speak to each other. Love it. Awesome. Um, well, <clears throat> I, I want to go section by section here and that was a great um, discussion of part of that section. Aliyah, did you have anything else from the first section on warmth and reverence that you wanted to discuss? Um, let me scroll to see if I had anything else highlighted. <laughs> yes, I caught her. She was unprepared. <laughs> She's scrolling. Um, Makes for great podcasting listening to Aaliyah scroll. <laughs> the, the only other big thing I had highlighted was just an invitation. So I don't know. If you okay, we'll come back highlighted. to that. No, we'll come okay. back to that. Burke, anything else from this section that you wanted to discuss? I highlighted the same invitation. Okay. Otherwise, we're going to cover all the stuff that I had. So, yeah. Um, I, I highlighted one sentence. Each covenant whispers, love is spoken here. Um, mm -hmm. In the spirit of Aaliyah's concise, you know, sentences. What a beautiful <laughs> thought. All of our covenants, wherever we are in the covenant path, each covenant whispers, love is spoken here. Fantastic. Um, okay. Well, then let's go on to the next language. Um, so the first one was warmth and reverence. The next one is service and sacrifice. Aaliyah, did you have anything from here that you wanted to discuss? Yes. He says, he's talking about callings. Calls to serve the Lord and each other in his church give opportunity to increase in compassion, capacity, and humility. And he kind of goes on for multiple paragraphs about people accepting callings or not accepting callings. Um, and eventually extends the invite to always say yes, basically, <laughs> um, especially when we're busy. And it just reminded me of what you always say, Dad, which is, is serving the Lord less really going to help you out <laughs> in whatever situation you are, you know, giving as an excuse not to accept a calling. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if a church leader is inspired to extend a calling to you, then that's what God wants you to do. And he's going to help you do it and deal with all the other stuff happening in your life. And that's a language of gospel love in from both ends. Like yeah. God shows his love to you as he supports you. And you show God's love and your love to other people as you support them. Yeah. You had a very um, real life example of this last semester with your temple calling. I did. Yes. Tell us about that. So I felt like I needed to become a temp worker at the beginning of the summer when I wasn't in school and I just like had found a job at the MTC. So I wasn't doing a ton and the stake president put the application in and then the temple didn't get back to me for like four months. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, well, if it ever happens, like I still 
feel like I need to do it. And then the semester started in that week that the semester started, the temple finally got back to me and said, okay, we're ready. Come in to get set apart. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it was crazy. And there was so much going on and I did it. And I worked at the temple every week and it was awesome. I was up at like four something in the morning, got to the temple at five, whatever. I can't even remember now. And uh, it was awesome that that temple shift every week really kept me going for the rest of the week, even though logically that shouldn't be the case, but it definitely was. Yeah. It's service to the Lord is one of those things that always, always, always gives you back more than you put into it. Um, yep. it's, it's the economy of heaven, as Rivka likes to say. So awesome. Well, Rivka, speaking of you, what uh, did you want to highlight from this section? One of my favorite sentences in this whole section is the Lord's restored church can be an incubator for a Zion community. Awesome. I knew when I read that sentence, I was like, Rivka is going <laughs> to bring this up. Did? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but this is what I love about this. So I was totally picturing, I have some friends who are um, just getting their their little baby chicks. You know, it's that time of oh, year. Cute. The ones who keep chickens. So I was picturing the, the little incubators that they have in their garages that you put the little baby chicks with the little ducklings in. And there's light and they're really, really warm. And they allow the little chicks to grow up and the little ducklings to grow up into big chickens and ducks. Um, and so I was picturing that as I read it. And I was picturing the church as like this this incubator of light and warmth and coziness for all of us little Zionlings to be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like safe and, and protected and have a good environment for us to be all together as we're growing up to be like grown up Zion members of a Zion community. Um, so I just, I love that. I like want to, I want to feel that way at church. Like it's this little incubator and we're all just hanging out there together cozy and fluffy it. i don't know that's what i pictured <laughs> little, that is, oh, little i love it what a beautiful picture um <clears throat> now burke rivka and i are are born and raised extroverts like we're dyed in the wool we love people um <clears throat> my wife is deeply introverted as are you <laughs> and when covid came around she was like can we just do zoom church forever? Like, I don't want to ever go and be with 200 other people again. Um, <laughs> so how do you feel about a statement like this as our introvert representative here, Burke, where that, that we were an incubator for Zion community. And the next sentence is, you know, that we all anchor each other together in the gospel. It has to be true. <laughs> I, get a, I, actually, I actually get a great deal of strength from the relationships I've developed um, with people at church over the years, um, including you, Todd. Yes. <laughs> Amen. And <laughs> agree. Yeah. And without this organization, there are so many things I would not have learned, or if I would have learned them, it would have been in a much harder way, I think. Yeah. So even though it may not always be the most comfortable thing for me, it's a very necessary thing. Yeah. I, well, thank you for sharing that. I hope you didn't feel like I was picking on you there, but um, <laughs> it was really uncomfortable to be singled out publicly. <laughs> I think 
I love that you just said publicly when you are all alone uh, in a room upstairs too. That's my favorite. Thousands, part. thousands <laughs> of people listening. Uh, more like kind of, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so funny. Well, I I think um, I don't I don't know if Deanna enjoys currently like the actual process of being with two hundred people again, but I know that what she wants out of these covenant um, relationships and anchoring each other is a few really good friends. And we have certainly made those friends through church in a way that we couldn't anywhere else and been strengthened, as you just said, Burke. Um, So yeah. And I always like to say Zion isn't a person. It's a people. Um, You literally cannot live the gospel by yourself. You just can't. Um, You, you have to be surrounded by people so that you can serve them and love them and learn from them. Um, So yeah, this part, resonated with me um maybe more so because i'm an extrovert but but definitely i loved it and now i love it even more that i think of us all cozy as fluffy little chicks zionlings <laughs> zionlings uh, <laughs> fantastic um okay burke i think we're on you for this second section is there anything else yeah so this is actually an invitation but there's so many of them we're not going to get to them all um so there is someone i care about a great deal who is struggling um, with her testimony right now. And her biggest difficulty with the church is that it is disproportionately led by men and mm. very, very hard for her. And, and I can understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think of most of the times in my past, not so much in the church, although sometimes, but especially out in the professional world that all the awful things done by leaders uh, were also men. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so while I think women are disproportionately affected by that, men are also affected by it. But it says here, please counsel with and listen to sister leaders. And it's just thrown in there. No, no explanation, no introduction to it, but it's in there. And I have to believe when he was writing this talk, the spirit said, hey, say this. So he put mm-hmm. it in. Please counsel with and listen to sister leaders, which leads me to believe that there are those out there and probably me at times who are not doing this and it is to our peril to avoid the counsel and leadership of the sisters. Amen. I, I love it. I, when hallelujah. I first read it, I was hollow. Thank you. I was, somebody <laughs> needed to say it. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to section three, which we've already talked about in some, some depth, but we're running out of time here. So I, did, I, think I just got to keep going. The language of covenant belonging, and we did cover it. So if you have nothing to say, that's okay. But Aaliyah, anything to add to the language of covenant belonging? Okay, so this is the section I have the most to say about. <laughs> oh, okay. Hit us up. We're going to just run over um, and that's okay. Yeah, so he talks about, th- this is near the end. So I don't know if he's specifically focusing on covenants in this part, but he's talking about just language as a whole, because his whole talk is about te- speaking the language of love. And he mentions AI. And how, because AI can learn the way they teach a computer to speak a different language is by giving it just copious input of a language rather than just feeding it grammar rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a real thing that our brains do. We learn language best through just tons and tons of input. So hearing it from a bunch of different sources and whatever... Um, and then we just, our brains just take all that information and we just know how to use it. We don't have to know the rules. We just follow them. 
like our brains just do that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, language learning is very fascinating because it applies to like all the parts of the gospel. So if you want to learn the language of the spirit, just find ways to get lots of input, lots mm-hmm. of examples of the spirit, reading about other people's or going to places where you can feel the spirit. If you want to learn to speak the language of love, be around people who are speaking that language and read about examples of people who are speaking that language and then go practice it yourself. Obviously, you can't learn a new language just by listening alone. You have to speak it. Otherwise, your like brain doesn't get a chance to utilize those rules that it's just automatically putting together. So anyways, the <laughs> all this to say, um, he says, similarly in our own or no, our own direct repeated experiences may be our best spiritual way to learn the gospel languages of warmth and reverence, service and sacrifice, and covenant belonging. So essentially, um, just go out and do it, live it, uh, live around it, and that is how we can learn the language of love. Awesome. I love that, and I love that he didn't elaborate again in that very Elder Gong sort of way. He's just like, Maybe this is the best way to do it. And then he stopped. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yep. and that was it. Um, so, yeah, go and do the things the Lord commands. Um, mm-hmm. Well, why don't we move on to other invitations? We're going to count that as your invitation, Aaliyah. So we'll go back to Burke, who had a lot of invitations highlighted as well. Any others that you wanted to highlight here for us? Well, it's kind of a wrap-up invitation. He says, may we each learn to speak and hear his love here in our hearts and homes and in our gospel callings, activities, ministering, and service. Pretty all-encompassing. And then the blessing, I think, is what he says in the next paragraph. He says, when I meet the Lord, I imagine him saying with words of instruction and promise, my love is spoken here. And that's a very happy thought. Yeah, it's a beautiful thought. Awesome. Rivka, any other invitations and promises? Um, maybe just the invitation of asking yourself the questions he asks just before he uh, before what Burke read. So here are the questions. Where and how does Jesus Christ speak to you in love? And where and how do you hear his love spoken here? I think those are good things to think about because, um, like Aaliyah talked about, the more we hear a language spoken, the better we understand it. And I think that goes for um, the voice of the Lord in telling us that he loves us. We can understand it better the more we seek to hear it. I love it. Um, So get in there and live the gospel. That's the overarching invitation, right? I do believe. Learn the language through immersion, right? Yes, that is a much more eloquent. That's why Rivka's on the podcast, and then she's everyone's favorite. <laughs> because that was way better than what I said. All right. Well, I always love Elder Gong. He just gives me such a different way to look at things, and um, his stories are always touching. So just a beautiful talk. Um, all right. Our next talk is We Are His Children, and that is the second to last one in, in all of General Conference right before President Nelson's closing talk. Wow. So looking to discussing that. I'm not going to tell you who it's by because I won't pronounce his name right. So <laughs> I'll pronounce it wrong next time. In the meantime, you can get a hold of us. How, Aaliyah? You can email us at wordsoftheprophetspodcast at gmail.com or message or comment on our Facebook and Instagram at Words of the Prophets Podcast.
All right. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.